0: Well, it is the top of the hour. Good morning, wherever you're coming from here in the United States. We also have some folks joining us from Mexico and the Caribbean today. So excited to have you in the room with us. My name is John Terry. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Vision Advisors, and I want to welcome you to this third installment of a sales training series I've been doing for the past month, really taking a deep dive into understanding the, diff- the distinct differences between the various seven demographic groups. That are living today now maybe you don't know who those seven groups are so let me just real quickly run through and if you want to jot them down you can we've got the greatest generation born 1907 to 1927. the silent generation is the second demographic that is those born 1928 to 1945. the baby boomers 1946 to 1964. generation y also known as baby busters 1965 to 1980. Millennials, Group 5 in this cohort of seven demographics living in the United States and around the world. Millennials were born 1981 to 1997. Generation Z, 1998 to 2010. And Generation Alpha, those born 2011 and will continue to be born through the year 2025. Now, what we've learned from the prior two installments is that each unique generation has grown up in a different time in history. They experience different things. Some experience times of opulence. Some experience times of not-so-opulent world. Some experience peace. Some experience war. As a result of that, each demographic has been uniquely shaped by the time in which they live that really established their view of the world around them their view of interacting with people, and why you're here today, their view of money. Now, let me quickly mention, if this is your first time joining us, and you've not had an opportunity to catch any of the prior two sessions I've taught in this series, good news for you is you can find those on the Vision Advisors YouTube channel. So after today's training is over, let me encourage you to go to visionadvisorsinc.com You'll see the domain name there at the bottom of the screen in front of you. And in the upper right-hand corner of our website, you'll see the YouTube logo. If you click on that, you'll be immediately taken to our YouTube TV channel, where you'll find over 320 training videos that are available 24-7, 365, free of charge. We believe it's one of the most open and comprehensive libraries of any IMO in the insurance market space. What were the two sessions we've already done so far? Well, we recently covered understanding Generation X, the children of the boomers who are now pretty much running a lot of the world today. It was a very interesting dynamic that is significantly different from their parents. Now, we're of the opinion, and we've been teaching for some time, that many financial advisors that have been focused on the boomers need to begin to shift more and more of their attention to Generation Xers. Why? They're about to inherit $36 trillion worth of wealth as the silent generation and early boomers die off and leave money to their kids and grandkids. This is a generation that's about to inherit a significant amount of wealth, but they're financially struggling because they never received a good financial education from their parents. As a result of that, they're looking for help from people that can step into their lives and give them the guidance that they need. Only 7% of boomers not yet retired are looking to work with the financial advisors, but 63% of Gen Xers are waving their hand hoping somebody will pay attention to them. We believe this is a demographic you need to pay attention to. The second one that we recently released was a training on Generation Z, who's retiring early. This generation is financially forward-looking, and they want to retire as early as age 59. And they've only got a short window of time in which to do it. And we talked about some of the unique sales opportunities in Generation Z in the on-demand training, who's retiring early. But right now, I want to jump into today's teaching and understand and begin to identify who are the millennials. Well, the millennials have become the largest generation out of all the seven so far, over 50 million millennials living today. Who are they? Well, you've already seen, they're born between 1980 and 1994, so when we're talking about millennials, we're talking about 26 to 43-year-olds as of 2023. This generation has also been referred to as Generation Y. Now, these are the children of the Generation Xers. This was, as you've heard if you attended the prior generation uh, teaching that we did on Gen Xers, you learned that the Gen Xers, if you remember... This was the latchkey generation. This was the generation that raised themselves. So the millennials are the parents, uh, I'm sorry, are the children of the parents of late baby boomers, what we call boomer tweeners, that last cohort of boomers that almost intersect with and run into the early Gen Xers. This is the baby on board parents that bent over backwards to make sure that their children got to experience all the things they did not. You'll understand more about that in a minute. This millennial generation I like to refer to as the minivan generation, and it was because of the millennials and their parents in particular that diaper change stations became commonplace all over the United States. I don't know of anywhere you can go today in any restaurant in any, you know, Place that you may stop along the side of the road, a travel station, a gas station, uh, any rest stop area that you go that you can't find a diaper change station, you can thank the millennials being born and generation extra parents and those late boomers for being in that to be. Now, one of the things we do know about millennials, as a rule of thumb, doesn't apply to everyone, but as a rule of thumb, the millennials grew up overly idealistic. They were overly indulged and they were pampered by their parents. This is what we refer to as the participation trophy generation. Now, this was a generation of the helicopter parent. You may have heard that phrase and didn't know what it was. These were the parents that hovered over their children. They sought to protect them from anything and everything, lest they fall down and even get dirty. This was the generation that learned to live with all of the crazy things that we deal with today, with wipes and the Germ-X and all the other things, these came to play during this generation. you got to remember, as children themselves, the parents of the millennials were the latchkey kids. They grew up alone. They grew up in an era where divorce and abortion became mainstream, and many families grew up with either a mom or a dad, single-parent working, kids raising themselves at home. Where there were two parents at home, they were so focused on work. They forgot about their children. And as a result of that, these kids grow up feeling isolated, alone, and rejected. And now that they become parents themselves, these Generation X parents specifically did not want their children to experience the angst and the loneliness and all of the lack of parental support that they lived through. And all of a sudden, demographically, we saw the pendulum swing in the opposite direction. Parents of the millennials did not demand excellence of their children. They really didn't even demand that they try hard or try at all. As long as you showed up, those kids were going to get recognized and rewarded because showing up was all that mattered. So this was the generation that received the medals and the trophies simply for playing the game, even if all they did was show up and sit on the bench. It was all about making kids feel special. Merit, achievement, and the pursuit of excellence no longer mattered. Now, one of the things we know about millennials is they are an energetic generation. They are very playful and fun-loving. They are a thrill-seeking generation. But interestingly enough, they are very family-focused, and they care about work-life balance. They also are very socially engaged and cause-focused. But they grew up believing three important things you need to know, and you may want to write these down. They grew up believing the economy was always going to be robust, that there were always going to be more than enough opportunities to do whatever they wanted and then some more, and that the future was always going to be bright. But here's what we know for the millennials. They discovered very quickly that their idealistic view of the world was not always reality. As these millennials entered adulthood, what happened? The earliest millennials, the youngest of this cohort, getting started in these early years of adulthood, experienced the Great Recession of 2008 and 2009. They went through an economic collapse where we saw the S&P 500 and major indexes lose 30, 40, 50 percent of their value. This was followed shortly by after by what? The coronavirus pandemic in 2020 and 2021. As a result of that, these idealistic millennials who thought there was always going to be opulence, there was always going to be plenty, the world was always going to be shining, it began to rain, and it began to storm. Because of this recession that many of them experienced, and then the coronavirus pandemic, many of these millennials were forced to return home to live with their parents. And when they came home, they brought with them mountain loads of college debt. Their idealism was later crushed even more as they were forced to take low-skilled positions, not requiring a college degree, after graduating in what has become a stagnant economy. Now, in 1994, more than 66 million baby boomers were leading in the workplace. As boomers today are starting to age out of the workforce, Generation X became the largest segment working in the market today in the mid-2000s with about 54 million of these baby buster Gen Xers living and operating in the workspace. But we saw a shift in 2016 when millennials, Generation Y, outpaced Generation X to become the largest demographic now working full-time. Today, more than half of today's workforce is comprised of millennials. We're talking 56 million millennials, and that number is growing as more and more enter the workplace. We need to understand that this is the generation that is about to step into the leadership roles, and they're about to be in charge. They're transitioning out of these entry-level roles into lower and middle management position in the workforce. And statistically, we know by 2050, More than 70% of people in the workforce are going to be millennials. Let me say that again. 70% of people working in the workforce by the year 2050 are going to be millennials. They are going to be taking over and running American business whether they are ready to take it over or not. Now, one of the things we've learned about the millennials is their world is a digital pick list. Now, what do I mean by that? This is a demographic that grew up in a world of all things digital. Now, understand their parents, Generation X, were the first to really experience the digital world of technology. They were the first to experience the home computer. However, the millennials, their children, not only experienced it, they embraced the digital world, and it's the only world they have ever known. They've grown up in a world where you could literally customize a playlist. You could customize a purchase selection on Amazon. You never had to go to the store because everything could be delivered directly to you. This is a generation that's learned to use the convenience of digital technology to customize and personalize how they live life. They can customize their heating and air conditioning. They can optimize their utilities. They can literally run their home from their smartphone or their watch. They've only known a world of diverse and almost limited options. And as a result, this generation, the millennials, is among the most narcissistic and the most ego-driven of the seven generations living at this time. Now, when we think about what shaped their worldview, understand where the uniqueness and the difference comes between millennials and previous generations that you may have been selling to in the past. The greatest generation, the silent generation, and the boomers that many of you are targeting in your marketing right now all grew up teaching their children the value of work, and they worked to get their kids what they needed. Now, Generation Xers, out of their sense of feeling abandoned as children, didn't teach good worth ethic to their children. Instead, they worked hard to give their children not just what they needed, but they indulged them. They spoiled and pampered them, and Generation X was the generation that sought to give their kids everything they wanted. Generation Xers we know from looking at history sought to atone for what they called the sins of their parents who left them to raise themselves and swung the pendulum way far in the opposite direction and they begin to splurge on their children often to excess this has created a sense of entitlement that we see in the workplace today millennials believe as a cohort as a group not individually but as a group they believe that they are Owed that they are entitled. And we're increasingly seeing this and hearing this all throughout society today. So, what's happened? Millennials have entered into the workforce very idealistic, very demanding. And as a result of that, they're looking for people to cater to them. Now, generation Y, these millennials also grew up in a world where their parents were obsessed with their safety. And their self-esteem. The term helicopter parent was coined to describe overly protective risk-averse parents who hovered over their children like a mama bear guards or cubs. Their parents didn't want them to experience pain, loneliness, longing that they experienced, and they went to extremes in the other direction. Baby board signs in the minivan, hand-washing stations on the playground, the removal of playground equipment that might harm children those became the norm as the millennials grew up. Parents even went so far as to remove the competitive element from sports, music, and other activities. Why? They were more concerned about their children feeling good about themselves than they were about teaching the value of winning and losing, about teaching the value of being a team player that contributed, and about striving for excellence. This was a generation of being taught, there is no failing, there is no falling, there is no fretting, there is no faltering, there is no frustrating, and there is no fighting. This was a stay-safe-at-all-cost world created by their parents. It was unrealistic, but that's the world they grew up in. As a result of that, what do we see today? A generation of young adults who needs safe spaces. These millennials have entered adulthood with less resilience, underdeveloped immune systems, and they are a generation in need of safe spaces as they feel ill-equipped to compete in life. Now, this was a generation that also had parents who defended their children's poor performance at school, arguing with teachers rather than teaching their children good study habits and the value that comes from learning from failure. Their parents, Generation Y, wanted to be their friend, their best buddy, and not their parent. Discipline in the home began to disappear. Children are no longer expected to contribute to the household or to the community. Stores were seen as something that was almost akin to slavery in many homes. And as a result of that, kids were being rewarded for what should have been expected and required. They got money for making the bed. They got money for picking up the trash. Things in previous generations that were expected as contributions to the household, these kids were indulged. These kids didn't have to work. Their parents financed every part of their lives. And because parents didn't want their children's feelings to be hurt, they demanded participation trophies for everybody. Everybody was a winner, not just in sports and music and art, but in school and in life. So, as you're approaching this generation, understand the millennial generation is a generation who really hasn't learned how to lose. They haven't yet discovered they're not as gifted as they think they are, and they've never really had to deal with rejection, disappointment, and failure up until now. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about this generation. Millennials grew up in an environment where their parents were focused on preparing the path for the child not preparing the child for the path. They found themselves in peer groups, working as part of a collaborative team with an emphasis on being a loyal team member and being a part of a team, not standing out as an individual. This sense of twisted collaboration replaced individualism with a sense of people becoming part of groupthink. And as a result of this collectivism, if these millennial kids began to voice ideas or thoughts or values that were contrary to this of this small, eclectic group they were put in, they risked isolation from the group. And having never lived in isolation, this was not desirable for millennials. And as a result of that, they embraced groupthink, being willing to lean in and act as everyone else acted. Now, what we know psychologically is this not only added to the stress they've experienced in life, but it's created a growing distrust of others who don't see the world as they do. Now, older generations understood and embraced the value of loyalty to a company or to a brand. When they went to work for an organization, they embraced the values, and they were loyal to that company. Older generations grew up fighting world wars facing terrorism, and understanding the value of patriotism. Millennials see the world differently. They tend to be less patriotic. They tend to be more liberal in their ideology, and their loyalties are not to the business or to culture. Their loyalties are to themselves first and their social network second. Millennials as a group are an entitled generation. They see work as a means to an end. So they can get more of what they want, and if they can't get more of what they want from their current employer, they will leave and go to another employer. Remember, this is the generation that grew up with the digital pick list. They grew up in a world that, to them was essentially a buffet. You can pick and choose from about anything you want with an endless supply of options. Generation Y tends to be more concerned about what others can do for them than what they can do for others now this generation has experienced a lot of first this generation was the first to grow up with cell phones and tablets they were the first to grow up with laptops and the internet being wireless they were the first to be able to get answers to the questions they were asking without having to seek the answers from their parents This was the generation that learned how to immediately share their thoughts and their emotions instantly, and as a result of that, they became globally connected, yet isolated and alone. And this is the generation that learned how to learn from a portable device. They have grown up using the smartphone, and if for those of you that are on this call that may be older, think about what the smartphone has replaced for the millennial. It's replaced the watch, the camera, the calendar, the alarm clock, the roadmap, board games, radio and television. And it's also replaced in-person interactions because many millennials have chosen to live their life in a virtual world. Now, interestingly enough, there are two distinct subgroups within the millennials. They're referred to in the book A New Kind of Diversity by Dr. Tim Elmore, where he highlights the millennials before Apple and the millennials after the introduction of the iPhone, the iPod, and the iPad. So the early cohort, the early Generation Y, born in the 1980s, tend to be much more compassionate. These were the activists that actually went out and marched for causes they care about. Earlier generation Ys, the early cohort, see technology as a tool. They tend to be much more civic-minded than the younger generation Y, millennials, in the workplace today. Early generation Ys are very ambitious about the future, and they are focused on learning how to grow themselves because they experienced that great recession. They realized that they're not as gifted as what they thought they were and they're now coming to the realization there's a lot of things about life and especially about money they don't know. Now, compare that with the other group, Generation IY. Interestingly enough, a University of Michigan study I was recently reading about pointed out that between 2000 and 2010, college students, this millennial generation, college students experienced a 40% decline. In empathy. Now, what is empathy? It's the ability to understand and share the feelings of other people. Activism that was really a part of the early generation Y group gave way to simply signing an online petition, wearing a wristband, or making a post on social media, or putting up a a black image to represent Black Lives Matter or some other image to recognize another group. We saw this IY generation post Apple post iPhone, iPod, iPad, we saw this generation experience a marked decrease in the maturing process. Among college circles today, many professors in college circles actually say 26 is the new 18, as we now see a generation of young millennials that have yet to grow up. They have not gone into activism as their earlier cohorts did, they see technology as an appendage, something they have to have, and they become very self-absorbed in themselves. One of the things we do know is that millennials are not career-ready. Millennials entered the workspace, remember, highly confident in their abilities because they were always praised. They were never put down. They were always given the participation trophy and believed that they were special. The early cohort of millennials in the workspace today, already in a job working, have discovered their abilities are lacking. But parents bred into the millennials a me first culture that was status focused. It was all about the image and not about the underlying merit and excellence that was developed in the life of that child. Now, because Generation Xers wanted to experience the childhood that they missed out on, remember what we said. They focused on prestige and they focused on position rather than truly training these millennials for success in life. And for the parents, it was all about getting their kids what they didn't get. Generation Xers are living their lives vicariously through their millennial children. They're helping them get into the college they wanted to attend, to get the job they always wanted to have, to enjoy the experience they missed out on. And as a result of that, they didn't prepare their child to compete, to excel, or to thrive in a highly competitive, demanding workplace of diverse opinions and outcomes. So today, a growing number of millennials are now seeing themselves as lacking. They realize there is a gap that they have to overcome, especially when it comes to their work skills, and there's a significant gap because they were never taught how money works and how to make money work for them. You know, I think Tim Elmore in his book really sums it up, and if you've not read this book, I highly encourage it. You can find it on Amazon, A New Kind of Diversity. Dr. Tim Elmore says this, it's better to prepare the child for the path instead of the path for the child. But for the millennials, this was a generation who forgot this very powerful life lesson. And Generation Y is now coming to the realization they need to be better equipped and trained, and they've still got a lot to learn about life, about business, and about money if they truly want to be successful in life. So here's the question. What do millennials bring to the table? If you're going to interact with millennials and you want the opportunity to connect, engage and sell them because they have some very specific financial needs of their own, what do they bring to the table? Understand this is the largest demographic in the workplace today. This is a very confident group of people. As a result, some describe this group as large and in charge. They are highly energetic, especially when it comes to being passionate about what matters to them. They are very, very socially skilled. They grew up with technology. They're very skilled at using it. They love interacting with people, and they love being a part of a team. They see their teammates, their friends, as extended members of their family, even if they're working in remote locations across the United States. Now, this is a highly innovative demographic as well, some of the best problem solvers in the industry because they learn to think outside the box in the early formative years of their lives. Now, remember, we already said that they are idealistic, which at times can lead to them being overly optimistic, but this positivity of being optimistic in the workplace can be contagious. Now, they are family-focused. They are very attuned to making sure their work and life balance is maintained. They grew up seeing social media posts go viral. They've seen process turn into movements, and they're very aware of their own ability to influence, and they seek every opportunity to use that influence to their advantage. But when it comes to millennials and money, what do we need to know? Now, understand millennials were alive during two major market corrections in a single decade. They saw or experienced, some as young children, the 2001 correction and the 2008 correction that followed. This was their first major financial experience with a substantial loss. And it may not have impacted them directly, but through their parents seeing their 401ks become a 201k and seeing the pocketbook have to tighten for a time, they remember and that shaped their view of money and what's important to them. Now, this was immediately followed by COVID-19, which disrupted their education. They were forced to leave jobs, to go back home, and with that, they took a significant amount of student debt with them. They lost friends and family members due to COVID, and as a result of that, they have now realized that they've got to get their financial affairs in order earlier in life in the event another COVID-style event happens in the future. This generation does not want to be caught unprepared, and they're interested in learning how to get their financial affairs in order. Now, what are they experiencing today? They're experiencing rampant inflation. For those on the call that are older, you may remember the Carter-era inflation that many went through during the Jimmy Carter administration, where the millennials living today are experiencing that significant event today. I saw just on the news this morning, we're still setting at a 6.4% annual inflation rate, one of the highest we've experienced in the last three, four, five years since looking back, not just to prior administrations, but going back almost 40 years before we see inflation at these levels. Everything is getting more and more expensive. Jobs are threatened by a looming recession, and millennials as a group are reporting in survey after survey, that they are feeling, get this, financially insecure and uncertain. This is where you have an opportunity to step in and have an opportunity to interact with this group because they're struggling to figure out how to take the money they're making and put it to work for them so that they can retire enjoying the lifestyle that they enjoyed growing up. And you got to remember, this generation enjoyed an incredibly opulent lifestyle that they want to experience for the rest of their lives. But sadly for the millennials today, many of them aren't working in their preferred profession. A growing number of them are working what they call gig jobs or working in the gig world, Uber, Lyft, and other entrepreneurial vocations simply to make ends meet. Some are working two and three jobs. So what are the questions millennials are asking themselves that you need to know and be aware these are the conversations they're having with themselves because these are the conversations should you choose to engage this group that can lead to the sales conversation. They're asking themselves questions like this. Can I find a job in my chosen profession that will both satisfy me and financially reward me? Will I ever be able to save for and afford to buy a home now that housing prices have gone through the roof? With the cost of everything rising and all the craziness in the world, does it even make sense to bring a child into the world? Does it make sense to foster a family, given the financial environment we're in today? Do I need to just focus on my career and forget about a family for now? With the cost of everything rising, will I ever be able to save enough to retire? They're also wondering if they're ever going to be able to retire their student debt, to save for the future, and to financially get ahead. This generation is wondering, and they're now having out loud conversations, are the entitlement programs like Social Security and Medicare actually going to be there when they get old enough to apply for those benefits? Or are they going to have to solely rely on doing it themselves? These are the challenges the millennials are facing today. So how do we sell to Generation Y? Let me give you some tips. If you want to sit down and engage with millennials and you want to start a conversation that builds the rapport, that leads to the sales opportunity, what's unique about this generation that allows you to be able to engage and communicate with them? And ultimately work with them to solve the money problems that they are asking about right now. Number one, millennials need to see the why. They need to know what's in it for them. They need to know how they're going to specifically and uniquely benefit from engaging you in financial planning. They need to know if they give you X, what Y is going to be as a result of that, and how that's going to help them achieve a goal or achieve an objective or accomplish something that's important to them. If you're going to be selling to Generation Y and selling to millennials, you've got to be giving constant feedback. Remember, they grew up in a digital world that feedback is instantaneous on their smartphone, their tablet, their laptop, their computer, wherever they're living life today – They get immediate answers to their questions. Understand, because they are very confident, very sure of themselves, you've got to listen to their ideas. Millennials have opinions and ideas of their own. Listen to them. Don't negate them. Stephen Covey, in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, said it well. Don't just want to share your ideas. Listen first to understand and then to be understood. That's very powerful in working with millennials because they want to share their opinion and their ideas. And if you poo-poo their ideas, they're going to walk away from you and you miss the opportunity to engage with a generation that's going to have a lot of wealth available to them. You need to listen to their perspective before you ask them to listen to yours. Now, this is a very competitive generation. Even though many of them grew up getting participation trophies, they love gaming. So if you can gamify or make a game out of the process to create wins for them that's going to motivate them to keep going, they're going to find you an engaging individual. This is a generation that is very eager to learn. They've realized they don't know it all when it comes to money, and they've realized they don't know much at all when it comes to money. And as a result of that, they are eager and willing to learn, but they don't want to be told, and they don't want to be sold. Hear me there. They're eager to learn. They're willing to learn, but they don't want to be told. They don't want to be sold. So think mentor. You are a Sherpa. You're a guide. You're helping them climb the mountain they want to climb themselves, and you're offering your wisdom and your guidance and your insight so they can make informed decisions. Now, this is a generation that's rarely, if ever, been criticized, and if they have been criticized on social media, it's never been kind or gracious. It's been atrocious. So speak the truth to them, but be kind in your truthfulness. Challenge some of their thinkings, but do it in a respectful, kind, and thoughtful way. When you do that and get them to see a different perspective other than their own, they will respect the fact that you listened to their ideas first. You then shared your ideas to challenge their views in a thoughtful, kind way, and being gracious in doing so will garner their respect and they will lean in and want to learn more. You wanna make sure that you celebrate their wins along the way because they've been doubted and told they're special their entire lives. Making it incremental in the wins is important. You've got to have little wins along the way. Remember, this was the participation trophy generation, so you gotta give them some little wins. How do we do that? You chunk down the process. You take the big, audacious, hairy goal that they've got, and you break it down into smaller, bite-sized chunks. Maybe they want to save a million dollars for retirement. Well, you break that down into smaller chunks, and when they hit those little, small, incremental goals, you throw a party. You do something cool for them. You celebrate it in some way, and you pat them on the back and let them know they're special, they did good, and you keep them motivated to keep moving forward. Now, remember, this is a very idealistic group. They want to feel like they're doing it themselves. So you want to be a mentor, a Sherpa, a guide. You want to not tell them or sell them. You want to guide them on a journey, give them autonomy to reach their goals the way they want to reach them, but you have the unique privilege and opportunity to hold them accountable to the process and the outcomes. Again, think mentor. Think coach. Don't. Think sales professional. And don't forget, this is an entitled generation. Their parents catered to their every want and their every whim. This is the generation that's been told they were special since they were very, very young. And they believe it. It is a part of their belief system and it's a part of who they are. They've been protected and sheltered their entire lives. And many have never grown up having to truly face failure. And because of that, they've never learned that failure can be a very powerful teaching advocate to teach them what doesn't work so they can discover what can You want to make sure that you set expectations accordingly because this is the generation that got a medal just for showing up and not putting forth any real effort. They need to understand if there's a financial goal they want to achieve, There's a cost to that. There are steps involved in the process, and they can't just sit on the bench and expect to win the money game. They've got to play the game, and they've got to play it full out. But when you gamify that, you give them the opportunity to make a game out of competing with themselves, competing with their peers, and you can evoke that competitive spirit that's dormant within them. And when it catches flame and begins to burn – These millennials are gonna be one of the most focused and competitive generations out there today. Now realize they've never been taught to strive for excellence. They've never had to experience failure, rejection, or regret, so their expectations at first may be unrealistic. Listen to them, hear their perspective, and then bring your insight and your wisdom with kindness and with courtesy to set expectations that are realistic, that can create the wind that'll keep them moving forward. And don't forget this, when you approach this generation for financial planning, their expectations though unrealistic are moldable and they're willing to listen to you. For the most part, this is a financially illiterate generation who doesn't understand how money works and how to make money work for them. Their parents told them they were special. Their parents did everything for them. They sheltered, they protected them, but these kids are eager to learn. They don't want to end up financially struggling like their parents. They want to have the finer things in life, and they are starting to realize that just showing up is not enough. Even though their expectations at first may be unrealistic, they want a good financial outcome because they want to experience and continue to experience the life they lived growing up. You get to help them answer their why and how they can make their why happen. Now, this again is a safe space generation. So here are three key areas, actually four, I want to give you that are important. You want to, in working with Generation Y, with the millennials, lead with empathy and lead with understanding. You want to listen without judgment, and you want to give them a safe space to be able to ask uncomfortable questions. Again, I refer you back to the Stephen Covey quote from The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Seek first to understand them before you ask them to understand you. Listen, actively listen. There's a training on the Vision YouTube TV channel called Become an Active Listener, the art of active listening. If you've never been trained in active listening, it's one of the best trainings you'll ever have an opportunity to go through. I encourage you to do that, to learn how to actively listen. It's a free resource available on our website, but you want to give them an uncomfortable place that they can go and feel safe to ask those questions they may feel uncomfortable asking. Let them know there are no wrong questions. The only question that's a bad question is the question they don't ask. Give them the opportunity to ask the questions, to seek answers to the things they don't know, because there's a lot they don't know. And when they feel comfortable asking you questions, here's what I can tell you will happen. They are going to unload questions on you, and they're going to tell you everything you need to know to solve the financial problems they want you to help them solve. Again, going back to what I shared earlier, be truthful but be kind. This is a generation that has never been criticized except on social media, and it's violent and nasty there. They don't know how to handle criticism, constructive criticism that challenges status quo thinking, and understand that this is a generation that's grown up with groupthink. They have been taught there's only one way to think, and this is right. So you have to challenge groupthink, but do so in a respectful way. This is a generation that's eager to learn, and they really want to win. They sit on the bench, but deep inside, something longing inside of them says, I don't want to just sit on the bench. I want to get in the game, and I don't want to just get in the game. I want to get the ball, and I want to score the winning basket. They were just never taught how to do so. This generation wants to be financially successful, and you can get them off the bench and get them in the game. You can give them the education tools and the resources to help them learn to be financially successful, and they are willing to invest the money to do so. But remember, You've got to over-communicate with this group. Instant feedback they've gotten their entire lives. So you want to communicate, communicate, and over-communicate. And let me also remind you of this. This is a technology-embracing world. They grew up with technology. It's part of their culture. It's part of their world. They are not a fan of paper applications. Let me say that again. They are not a fan of paper applications. They're not a fan of your brochure. They're not a fan of your spreadsheet. They are digital people living in a digital world. If you're going to present to millennials, use a PowerPoint. Use a tablet. Use a worksheet. Use a mind map. Use the tools that are available that they're comfortable with. If you don't know how to use those tools, reach out. We can show you where those tools are, and we can get some resources in your hands so you can learn how to use them. If you're gonna make a presentation, present it on a tablet. Share information via email or smartphone. Do it on a smart board. They love video. So if you wanna stay connected to Generation Y, the millennials, and you wanna continue to educate them, here's a little tip. Start creating a series of small informational educational videos. Five, 10 minutes or less And begin to build a library of those that you can share with the millennials you're engaging with on financial topics that are important to them. And I've got a list of them I'm happy to share with you. If it's good content, they're going to keep coming back. But they've grown up in a world of watching good video. So it can't just be you talking head into the screen. There's got to be a little more than that. Again, reach out. We can help you with that, but this is one of the ways that you can stay connected, keep educating, build rapport, and get referrals from millennials. Now, what are their desired outcomes? Let me bring you to this as we get ready to wrap up. When you're thinking about millennials and you want to have an opportunity, what are their desired outcomes? Remember, they're now in a position in the workplace. They're starting to earn really good money. They're moving into lower management, middle management, and upper management. Many of them are now venturing out and opening their own businesses. This is a very entrepreneurial demographic. They're already dreaming about the future and what they want it to look like. These are idealistic optimists who, for the most part, have similar desired outcomes. And they've realized that their parents and their grandparents aren't going to be there forever, and they're having to stand on their own two feet, look out at the world around them, and say, this is what I want. So what are the desired outcomes for millennials? Number one, they've had it good growing up, and they want that good to continue. They live an opulent lifestyle And they want to continue that. They realize it's going to take money to make that happen. And they're willing to invest money to make that happen for them in the future. They've come to the realization, especially with COVID and losing some of their parents and grandparents during COVID, that their parents aren't going to be around forever. And they've got to take some of the money they're making and set that aside for their future spending needs. Now, this is a group that's highly mobile, they enjoy travel, and they enjoy fun. This is a group that if you are licensed in more than one state, and you show up with a digital presence online, you can engage millennials, not just in your resident state, but you can engage millennials all across the country. This is a YouTube generation. This is a generation that grew up on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, and many of the other social media sources. And if you show up there with good content, you can engage them all over the country and do life with them and never having to leave the comfort and privacy of your own office or your own home. Now, work and life balance is important to them. So thinking into financial resources and financial investments they can make that will protect work and life balance is important. This is a generation that understands life insurance and values life insurance because they've seen what happened to their parents and to their friends that died without life insurance, leaving a young widow with no financial means of support to take care of a young family. This is also a generation that doesn't want to work forever because they've had it good. They've had an opportunity to travel. They envision themselves retiring in their late 50s, early 60s, and seeing the world, pursuing a cause that's important to them. And they realize they've got to start investing a significant amount of money now so they can have guaranteed streams of income in the future. Get that. Guaranteed streams of income annuities, anyone, to help them fund the lifestyle they want to enjoy when they retire early. And this is a generation that's likely going to be retired for 30 to 35 years. That's going to take a significant amount of money, probably $1.25 to $1.5 for them to make that happen. And they're going to have the financial resource to invest that kind of money. This is also a group that supports causes that are important to them. Charitable giving is big in the millennial generation. And if you're leading with charitable giving, the causes they care about, and finding out how they can leverage those gifts in the future, this is another way to target the millennial group. And one other thing we know about millennials, they want to make sure they keep more of what they've saved. They're okay with paying their fair share of taxes, but they don't want to pay more than they have to, and they know that tax rates in the future are likely to go up. So they're open to tax-favored opportunities such as Roth IRAs, using infinite banking concepts to be able to create tax-favored or tax-free income in retirement. These are solutions that millennials will lean in and listen to, and they will say, tell me more about that. So how do we connect, and how do we get to the millennial to be able to have that conversation? you got to remember that this is the largest demographic currently working in the American workforce today. Most of them are young. They're just getting started in their career, and they're eager to start saving for their future. So the best way to reach them, according to them, is to meet them where they are, to be a mentor a coach, or a guide who's going to teach them what they need to know about money, to talk to them about financial topics that are important to them, and give them an open forum to learn, to ask questions, to challenge their own beliefs, and to engage with you to get the answers they're seeking for. Now, I've already shared one way you can do that is to show up online in the social media platforms where they live. Another way And probably one of the best ways to engage with them outside of the social media world, especially if you're not comfortable there, is to engage and connect with them in the workplace where they work. To engage and connect with them using workplace education. Now, you gotta remember, again, this is a generation that grew up with technology, so they're gonna be willing and open to learn online, provided you're sharing content that's relevant and, and approachable in a way that's going to give them answers to the question that they have. So what are we talking about? We're talking about a series of educational workshops that you can deliver in one of two formats. You can go directly to an employer that has employed millennials and offer to be a financial wellness coach to that organization. Encourage that employer once a month to sponsor a lunch for that Business's most important asset, their employees. They bring in sandwiches, pizza. It doesn't have to be expensive, but they do something to show value and to let those millennial workers know that they are valued and appreciated, and you are there as a special guest to have a conversation with them about the money matters that are important to them. You can also pre-record a lot of this content and develop your own digital marketing presence to be able to offer these tools and these resources that I'm about to share with you. Now, for the, lo- the younger generation Xers, as well as millennials, we've created a series of workplace educational pieces that you can use either in person or in an online format or break them up into smaller bite-sized chunks, as we've already talked about in our training, such topics as insurance 101, investing 101 how to protect your family's financial future now that high school's over what's next how to save for college and what comes after if you're getting ready to have a family or wondering whether or not you can afford to do so why not walk them through the financial steps to financing funding and letting them see that it's okay to have a family and here's how you finance having a family starting having the retirement conversation early so when they get ready to leave the workplace, they can actually walk into retirement and enjoy it for 30 to 35 years. Teaching them how to create and manage wealth, how to buy or build their own dream home, the importance of protecting their most important workplace asset, and that's their paycheck that funds their lifestyle, how to conquer the debt that they're carrying Not only wiping out their student debt, but their credit card debt, their home debt, and taking the money they would have paid in interest payments to a lending institution and invest that money for their own future success. Helping them revisit Social Security as it morphs and changes as we're seeing now potentially Social Security becoming insolvent by 2035. Having an opportunity to talk about planning for America's long-term care crisis now because these millennials are going to be the ones taking care of their Generation X parents down the road. And they're interested in planning for this because they've seen what happened when the boomer grandparents didn't and their Gen Xer parents had to take care of them. Now, not only in the workplace are there millennials, there's Gen Xers and boomers. So for this group, if you choose to do adult education in the workspace, we've got the four roadblocks to retirement, how to maximize your retirement income. If you thought Uncle Sam was greedy, you haven't met Aunt Irma. Yes, you can retire happy and stay that way, a longevity discussion about retirement. Tax-free retirement, how to keep more of what you save. This resonates not only with Gen Xers and Boomers, millennials love this presentation to claim or not to claim and win the Social Security question, and your own digital marketing platform. Landing pages, opt-in forms, mass email, newsletters, automated emails, on-demand course content, all of these resources are available to you, many of them free of charge. For more information on that, you can reach out to us here at Vision Advisors. With that, I want to say thanks for joining me for your session today on millennials. Now, there's nearly 60 million millennials in the marketplace today and they're looking for someone just like you to help them solve the problems we've talked about today. We've got a tremendous number of tools and resources that are available to help you do that and We'd love a phone call just to talk about what you learned today, share our resources with you, and see if it's a fit. No hard sell, no arm twisting, but an opportunity just to learn who you are and what we do. We are a truly independent IMO. We are not owned by an insurance company. We're not part of some big branding group that's out there. We are independent on purpose, for a purpose, and that's to maintain our autonomy to serve the independent financial professionals in the marketplace just like you. So I want to say thank you for joining me. This presentation will show up on our YouTube channel, and I will send out a link to every one of you when it goes live, so you'll be able to access that replay in the event you came in late and didn't get a chance to catch it, or you want to hear it again or share it with those in your organization that need to learn more about this. So, again, our number's on the screen, 800-505-8489, press zero to be connected with any of our business consultants, or you can go to our website, visionadvisorsinc.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and our calendars for every one of our consultants are there. And you can schedule a complimentary strategy call with any of our consultants to talk about what we discussed today or any other thing you want to talk about as it relates to your business and how we as an organization can help get you in front of more of the type of customers you prefer to work with. So on behalf of all of us here at Vision Advisors, my name is John Terry. I'm the chief marketing officer here. I want to say thanks for joining us. Happy Valentine's Day from all of us at Vision and have a great day.